Hi, everybody. I'm Mark Cooper, and welcome to our latest Rethink Energy podcast. In a rapidly changing world, sustainability and environmental, social, and corporate governance, so-called ESG measures, are becoming ever more important for companies. Investors, customers, regulators, and consumers expect companies to take a proactive approach to sustainability and bridge the gap between knowledge and action taking responsibility by identifying the environmental and social impacts of their business and managing them with a focus on long-term sustainable development. But are companies truly embracing sustainability and ESG, or is this more of a box-ticking process for compliance? And for what is still a comparatively new business discipline, what needs to happen to take sustainability to the next level within organizations? Joining me to discuss this is Jochen Hof, Baiva Ari's Director of Corporate Strategy, Energy Policy and Sustainability, and Ellen Nagarnik, Bivari's Head of Corporate Sustainability. I hope you enjoy this episode, and don't forget to check out other episodes and content on rethink-energy.com. Welcome, Jochen and Eleanor. Hi, Mark. Good to see you. Hi, Mark. Thank you for joining us, um, and we will dive straight in with a, with a fairly heavy first question for you. So just um, as we've just mentioned, sustainability and environmental, social, and governance ESG measures have become increasingly important for companies and stakeholders now expect companies to take a proactive approach and companies that prioritize sustainability can experience improved operational efficiency, reduce cost and increase profitability. But it's still a comparatively new business discipline. In terms of embedding, embracing and successfully implementing sustainability within an organization, what do you see as some of those key success factors. Where are we? Where are we now? And and where are we going? Jochen, did you want to take a a stab at that first one? Yeah, uh, uh, gladly. Thanks, Mark. I think, you know, one of the key things we need to watch out is that um, we're not getting bored with it. Yeah, the term sustainability and corporate sustainability, um, uh, corporate social responsibility, all these things have been around for a while. And they, they tend to be used in a a uh, slight bit uh, yeah, inflationary and maybe buzzwordy uh, context often enough. So I think there is a there is clearly the danger that the enthusiasm that that uh, drives it and drove it uh, ever since uh, uh, you know, flattens out and and might might get lost uh, over time. So we need to make sure that that the, the corporate sustainability remains charged up and and is something that. That reflects and evolves with the with the culture, with the mission uh, of of corporations and and its people mostly. Yeah, and that includes management and uh, employee. Yeah, it can't be what you said in your intro, a box ticking exercise. So that's the the, the most important thing that we don't get com- complacent, that we keep thinking about how we integrate it, and that we keep driving it. Uh, into the organization. So for us at Bavari, it's it's clearly we want it integrated as a general um, management principle, as something that our people throughout the organization, from management to uh, entry level, um, uh, think and experience also in their daily work. Additionally, and you mentioned that the buzzword or the keyword ESG, yeah, and, which is a good development that ESG becomes a, a standard that that more and more uh, banks, financial investors, regulatory bodies look at um, companies checking those boxes and 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 truthfully integrating um, sustainability-driven 
initiatives and so on in their reporting, in uh, their accountability towards the outside world. So uh, for us at Baiba, we, we think we need to do absolutely both of these things, but these are remain separate topics. So corporate sustainability on the one hand defines the aspiration, continues to develop our ambition, motivates our people, um, and, and defines the measures that we are undertaking um, based on that ambition, while ESG, and we have recently in, um, uh, set this up from a, from a governance perspective with an ESG coordination um, um, uh, committee, basically, ESG makes sure that the successes and the performance of these measures are properly recorded, are are duly tracked, yeah, and are then also you know used for certifications, for uh, ratings, and so on. But we do not start with the rating in mind. We start with the ambition in mind, and everything else follows. And Eleanor, coming to you, so yeah, corporate sustainability has, has had, a, I guess, a relatively brief history from something that wasn't well understood to something that kind of all corporates wanted to show that they were alert to and doing something about, to, as Jochen had mentioned then, with ESG, that becoming sort of much more defined in terms of actual measures. In terms of how you see things um, and, and then that success factor um, from corporates who are kind of, I don't know, doing what they need to do, um, alternatively taking it to the next level and truly embracing it, what are you seeing as those kind of key success factors? Uh, yes, well, I mean, um, in terms of, of the relationship to ESG and, and having in mind the su success factors, I think uh, we can see that these two topics can complement each other. So ESG helps us to also make our sustainability ambitions and initiatives uh, more successful by measuring and monitoring the effectiveness of it, which is one uh, very important part of the entire ESG uh, frameworks. And, and moreover, I think it, it helps us also to look a little bit beyond our own scope. Uh, so one example is that ESG doesn't focus only on your business model, but also how you do the business and expands your vision, not only on environmental sustainability, but very much also the people management, so the integrated approach, um, and uh, as well the governance perspective, perspective, so the ethical standards that business upholds. Um, yes, and this helps, of course, and also our sustainability strategy uh, to make this uh, more um, credible at some point. And the other side, uh, our sustainability story helps us to make the ESG efforts and, and KPIs also credible. And now we're talking, you've talked through the benefits and, and now starting to look at exactly what we've done um, here at Biva RE. What have we done well? What do you think is working? And perhaps also a bit of a frank assessment on, on what we think still needs to happen and where things perhaps aren't working as well as they could. Uh, Jochen, did you want to carry on with that one? Sure. So we integrated um, sustainability back in 2017 in, in this department, in this joint team. Uh, we have anchored it in the um, uh, a strategy back then in 2017. We uh, and we are a young company, so that <laughs> that's uh, 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 to be considered here. Uh, we have uh, committed and achieved uh, carbon neutrality uh, by 2018, and we have defined a um, sustainability framework in, in 2020 that we basically where we said 
our ambition goes beyond carbon and carbon compensation. It needs to do more than that. And we are currently working on, on executing uh, on that framework. And I'm sure Elena can, can uh, fill this in with a couple of concrete examples. Now, the last one and a half years or so have been spent um, quite a bit on setting up for ESG, for the regulation uh, that is um, uh, coming on for the increased um, yeah, expectations from the finance sector, from investors, from customers to, you know, not only have a nice report and, and, and talk about the good things we're doing, but, but bring that into frameworks that are, can be audited, um, that, that are reported on regularly uh, and that fulfill certain minimum standards uh, and, and criteria, be that for the taxonomy uh, of the European Union or from the more specific um, profiles that certain investors or banks are defining for themselves to make sure that our initiatives, that the, the ultimately the, the initiatives in corporate sustainability that we want to drive are not getting forgotten because everybody talking about the topic is only busy ticking boxes, right? So exactly the problem that I said at the very beginning is is a, a risk I see for us, but but that's where we take an active measure. That's why we strengthen the team uh, on the ESG side so that the corporate sustainability team now going forward next, next half year, next year, and so on, has again time to zoom in on what are our strategic goals that we update our strategy that we that we rejuvenate some of our initiatives and and get to work there so that i think is something we could have done or should have done in parallel all the time but frankly we didn't have the capacities and and so we needed to kind of put a bit of a pause on one while building up the other and now we're going back in full force and Elena, coming back to you, I mean, head of corporate sustainability—that in itself, you know, is a relatively new title in in, in the corporate world. Um, how's that journey been for you over recent years in terms of the evolution of sustainability in ESG within the organisation? Um, how you've seen that grow and evolve in terms of importance, um, and also, I guess, some of the education work you've had to do with different colleagues and different departments to kind of pull all this together. Yeah, um, well, thanks for the question. I think um, it was definitely an interesting journey so far, and I'm happy to be part of it. And um, as I also, I, I wasn't a sustainability expert when starting into this sustainability management role. However, um, I got some or brought some expertise in the renewable energies business. So therefore, I was very happy to also have the ability to talk to the business about certain things so when it comes to supply chain topics and how how is renewable energy in generally built and so on so that helped of course um, however i think um, together with the colleagues uh, we grew in this topic so we uh, did the learning by doing a little bit however had a lot of um, support from the one side um, from from colleagues who have genuine interest in the topic of sustainability and pitched ideas how we could do something better so so to give the colleagues the chance to also speak up in these topics was a great learning progress for the entire company um, and also for myself to to challenge ourselves being um, critical to our ideas um, that was I think one of the the most interesting parts where we learned as a team and also in the company and um, yeah had the ambition to bring ourselves forward in in our targets and in our um, object, objectives of the sustainability strategy. 
and we see ESG coming up fairly frequently um, in the media, maybe not such mainstream understanding, but certainly within the corporate world. I mean, talk me through. So environmental, social and corporate governance. Why do companies need to look at this? Why is it so important? Um, well, I I can start maybe a little bit with that. Um, what we recognize, I mean, as as already said, we had started with a nice um, and ambitious sustainability story. However, we recognized in the meantime that the requirements from certain stakeholders, mainly external ones like financial uh, financial stakeholders. Um, had broadened. Um, so it was um, not only a question of delivering nice pictures and stories, but also having uh, like a, a real um, reporting framework, how you address uh, especially risks also in terms of sustainability. So this is one that came, uh, came new, I would say, also with the ESG topic. So to report in this broad sense, to include, for example, climate risks, how do you adapt to that uh, and also um, to, to establish management system, processes, guidelines and all these things. So that that was, I think, an add on uh, from the ESG um, perspective, at, which uh, requires also uh, certain resources, capacities and expertise. And that's why we built up this in this interdisciplinary team and have also the, the experts with us, um, because I think only in this cross-functional uh, working group, it is possible to really uh, cover all these topics from ESG. If I can still add to that, I mean, for me, the key thing to understand, Mark, is that ESG is basically making um, the entire business aware and, and, and transforming it that corporate sustainability is not a nice-to-have thing that you can consider to do or not to do, but that it is becoming and, and should be standard business practice, such as, you know, nobody doubts the need to control and audit your financials. Now, those environmental, uh, social and governance topics get that sort of quality of hard data that you cannot just joke around uh, with and and uh, you know, and report uh, out of off the cuff, but where you need to install the systems, where you need to um, invest in the in the infrastructure, in the education of your people, and so on, so that the quality of data that you report on these um, so-called, often called soft topics, is as hard as it is on the hard financial data. And Elena, just explain to me ESG rating. We've mentioned a few times now. So, you know, what is it? What does it give you? How do you get one? Um, how are we seeing this spread and change? Just for those who maybe aren't so close, give me a bit of a yeah, a bit of a summary on the whole ESG rating topic. Uh, yes, I mean we also had to learn that for ourselves uh, when we when we recognized um, then when it comes to to financing that uh, for companies, especially if you want to look into a green loan or um, green bond, uh, these these financing tools which orient on sustainability criteria, they often also require from the company to have um, performed a so-called ESG rating, which measures your performance in these three categories. And uh, there's several different um, agencies offering these ESG ratings, which makes it also difficult because the topics can defer the weighting, how you get your results, defer and therefore also 
especially bigger companies with several ESG ratings have uh, several different performances. So that's to say on the one side, but in general, no, it is a, it is a overall, I think, good tool to have uh, an, an holistic overview how a company performs uh, in terms of the ESG topics. Um, it is relevant to have some standards and frameworks where banks and investors can orient on. And for us, it's it's relevant to, to also use this as some kind of feedback for, in terms of the ESG. So we performed this first one last year. We will likely do a second one uh, within the course of the next 12 months, um, which orients, of course, also for us on the demand for the green financing. So therefore, um, yeah, that's a that's a process step in order to ensure that we that we can achieve a, a good a green finance um, tool. And it also can at some point then have impact on, on your interest. However, this is fairly low at the moment. Okay, so next question, and this requires a little bit of self-criticality. Um, assuming it's not all been plain sailing over the last you know, 10, 12 years, what are some of the kind of obstacles, challenges that you've encountered in, in moving forward on that sustainability journey? Um, either challenges that we've experienced ourselves or you also see other organizations experiencing? Hmm. Yes, of course, uh, there, there are challenges and of course, not everything we did, um, you know, we did perfectly on the first attempt, uh, for sure. Um, I mean, and I think other companies have that same uh, issue, especially in renewables. We're fast growing. Yeah. So many things have to be built up at the same time. It's not only the sustainability uh, or the non-financial data uh, reporting uh, processes and procedures, right? There, there are plenty of other more close to the to the core business sort of functionalities that need building up too. So there is a competition on resources as to what to do first. And sustainability also in our case didn't always have the priority. Yeah. So if we were pushed back, we say, oh no, yeah, you're right. We should do this, but not now. First, we have to do the, the, the finance core reporting before we do the non-data, uh, the, the non-financial data reporting. And, and that is understandable at the same time. Yeah, it, it's uh, um, it's something that, that um, I think uh, then often if you don't have transparent data in real time, it, it creates frustrations. The other thing is we are, the story of Bavari is very much the story of a merger and acquisition. We we have 77 legal entities, companies across the world in 30 countries um, that, that are part of the Baiva RE. So, and some of them have 15 or 20 or, or 30 employees and others have 150 or 200. So for us in the corporate center to find the right measure of what these companies should report and should be forced to report obviously is very difficult. And, and sometimes we overwhelm and, and do overwhelm the smaller companies or the smaller units within our orbit, yeah, and we might not have always given them the the, the sufficient level of support um, that they needed, where we could have expected it from a company of two or three hundred people to be able to to deal with that. So the question of how supportive can the corporate center be um, is a is a crucial one. But then again, hey. Elena started as a working student uh, and we have other people in the team. We have a two or three uh, people team um, together running this for now a corporation of 
over 4,000 uh, people. So we, we too uh, are um, consistently struggling with an overload of topics um, and, and, and maybe the prioritization wasn't always well enough to, to add the resource when you really needed it, but only after it was too much, we found out, oh, maybe we should have gotten more external help on, a, on our first sustainability report, to name an example, yeah, where this was too much work for a, a small group of people, uh, but we only learned it later. And now we're working a bit earlier uh, with getting external support in and we have a more realistic time frame and timeline and on how to deliver these things. Yeah. So it's been a learning experience, Mark, and, and uh, my chances are it will remain uh, one. Uh, but I think we've, we've learned quite something and, and, and I'm happy uh, in general how we have navigated these challenges. And final question. Um... As we started by discussing, this is still a comparatively new business discipline, so arguably a lot of progress in a short amount of time, but certainly also a long way to go. Um, how do you see the future um, and corporate approaches to sustainability and ESG? Um, how will they evolve? How must they evolve? Um, where do you see your own focus uh, in the coming few years? Jochen, did you want to start? Well, you're clumping together quite a few things, Mark. <laughs> Final question. It's a big to... wrap-up. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, clearly, the integration in and the embedding of our sustainability ambition and uh, the, the delivery of our ESG um, um, uh, diligence in the general organization is the way that we drive this forward, and, and that will be a key thing. Yeah. So we, we continue to expect from our colleagues in legal, in finance, in controlling, in the businesses, in solar projects, in wind projects, to be informed, to understand sustainability. They have not just delegated this to us, and now we're doing it for them because we are the Department of Corporate Sustainability. Yeah? They all have an active role in it again and again. And this might seem a bit like an inconvenient <laughs> truth, but I, I'm afraid they'll have to um, bear with us there because I truly believe that true sustainability and, a, and a to bring the success and the benefits we mentioned before only works uh, if we can embed it in the organization. And there are a few things we're doing right now. I think, uh, Elena, how many people will participate in our sustainability trainings that we do with an external provider. I think it's 25 or 30 in a first run. So we ask our colleagues in different departments and businesses to send us people or use our trainings that we offer with an external provider uh, from a cutting edge university or to, uh, to nominate um, mid-level, mid-career um, uh, talents in their organization to get that training so that that also other people in the organization speak our language, understand where we're coming from, and we're not always having to reinvent the wheel or explain the basics. Yeah, so this needs a it's a maturity of the topic throughout the organization. That's an important thing, and I think that's probably what will create most of the success. That said, we have a couple of other topics like the issue of the quality of these certificates. Clearly, we as a renewable energy uh, project developer have the ambition to create those ourselves and to 
to make sure the quality that we use to to compensate emissions we cannot otherwise reduce like some air travel emissions or other things uh, going forward we will always have to travel if we're in a global business uh, this needs to come from projects that we develop ourselves and we can vouch for the quality from the very beginning yeah and this is an ambition we've had for some time it's very difficult uh, but we, we we will make this a priority third point i want to mention is and i mentioned it at the beginning circularity it's the the need for us to be responsible also for the end of the life cycle for our um, installations and have that end in mind when we design them, when we purchase them, uh, when we build them, when we operate them. So this is a topic because renewable energy is a fairly young industry that didn't have enough attention at the very beginning when it's all about establishing ourselves, growing, growing uh, and so on. But now and clearly the, the, the sector has come of age and we as Bavari have come of age that we absolutely have to take this topic as a core priority and that's why we also want to now um, uh, firmly install this as one of the top three priorities going forward uh, in an updated um, uh, uh, sustainability framework that, that we will be, be working on but but that hypothesis is already <laughs> pretty firm uh, we will we will um, increase this topic and I think the sector will as well the circularity topic is something not only we as BIVRE still have to add to our priority list. This is a sectoral challenge, right? Because the sector is, is new, had to establish itself, had to uh, make it clear that photovoltaic is a good idea and that it can deliver, can grow. And the same with the wind sector. So, uh, the end of life cycle was not on the top of the mind for everyone in the sector. By now, the sector is coming of age and so are we. So. The sectors have to take the full responsibility and we as a major actor within that sector, obviously, as well. And that's why it's rightly put as a, as a core priority going forward. And Eleanor, any final thoughts from yourself? Well, um, next to uh, the, the few points we were um, talking about already, um, what I like to address is that I think it's a good um, opportunity from us to to challenge the sustainability aspects uh, both not only in our business so how we do uh, reduce our co2 and compensate it and and how we be more efficient but also integrate the sustainability aspects in our operational part and one of our key objectives here is to enhance acceptance of renewable energies and the interesting part here is that this can be done by addressing sustainability initiatives. So what I mean with that is um, by involving the communities early stage in the project development, um, by also seeking for opportunities for added value could be also um, um, an involvement in terms of commercial benefits in the parks or, or sponsorships if it's allowed uh, from compliance perspective we can um, address this uh, societal part uh, quite actively in the project development phase. And on the other side, also the environmental aspects such as biodiversity um, initiatives um, supporting the, the local um, flora and fauna uh, is something that we, that we like to do to um, overall enhance this acceptance of renewables and, and see that um, expansion of the renewable energies should be an integrated approach considering 
both environment, society, but also um, our climate reduction um, actions here. And this is something what uh, we did already in the past two years um, with, with several working groups and we continuously do so. And I'm very happy that we have here also the support from our project development teams um, to, to address this since they see also the benefit of, of this balance of adding sustainability initiatives and enhancing the acceptance which um, profits then for their um, operations, of course. Well, we are up on time on another podcast. Eleanor Jochen, thanks so much um, for joining me. I think we could probably carry on talking for another few hours, but uh, yeah, time on this one is up. Thank you both very much. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, everybody, for joining me, and special thanks to Jochen and Eleanor for joining us today. Don't forget to check out other episodes and podcasts on rethink-energy.com and speak to you again soon.